Our gospel lesson this morning is taken from Matthew's gospel. Seeing the crowds took his disciples up to the top of a mountain. But I don't think he took them to the top of the mountain to get away from things. If you look at the geography of the region, from almost any hilltop you would be able to see all the land that surrounded you. So if you can imagine in your mind's eye that you're on top of a big hill looking out upon Loch Lomond or anywhere else, that's the kind of picture that Matthew is painting for us. And so here is Jesus on top of the mountain, and his disciples can gaze out and they can see the new city of Tiberias, built by the, the Roman Empire to make taxation in the region uh, easier. So it was, it was to make the empire great again. And you could see the Sea of Galilee with all the fishing fleets and the little itinerant fishermen fishing just for enough to feed them for the day. And you can see the other villages in the hillside where the Gerasene demoniac would be healed. And you could see the roads coming into the region with all the pilgrims coming to and fro with their goods. And you could see, if your eyesight was good, those communities of the outcast. Those that weren't allowed into the city center and weren't allowed into the synagogue. Those that were on the margins begging struggling, those that the world would rather forget. Jesus takes His disciples precisely to a place where they can see the world around them. In all its beauty, in all its brokenness, in all its totality. And then He says these words, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Many and sharp the numerous ills inwoven within our frame. More pointed still we make ourselves regret, remorse, and shame. And man whose heaven-erected face the smile of love adorn, man's inhumanity to man makes countless thousands mourn. That wonderful bit of Burns is what began the immortal memory last weekend while we were at our Burns supper. And it's taken from a man is born to mourn a dirge. And it's one of Burns' poems at its best because it takes a shot 
at the proud and the poor alike. And he digs deeper into that larger awareness as only the poets can that touches the relationship between you and me and the obligation that ties us all together. Now in the fullness of faith, we understand that to be part of what it is to be a member of the household of God. The indwelling of the kingdom of God among us that binds us all together, even the ones that we don't like. The climb to the mountaintop was not to withdraw the disciples from the world to make them feel as if they were being set apart and elevated for some great honor, but to draw them closer into the very pain and brokenness of the world so that they could understand that the kingdom of God was for everyone, even themselves. We see it again and again in Burns the aspirational burns, the burns that reaches out for that expansive love. This is one of my favorite bits. Then let us pray that come it may, as come it will for all that, that sense and worth, O all the earth, shall bear ye and all that. For that and all that, it's coming yet for all that, that man to man the world, O, shall brothers be for all that. Now, maybe by the time I'm in my 70s, I'll have the brogue down a little bit more. But the truth of poetry is that no matter the accent that speaks it, it speaks beyond our ears, beyond our brains, and it hits that inward heart that knows a truth that can't necessarily be quantified. Christ is proclaiming an upside-down kingdom that blesses those that we would rather not see, that says God is with them, and if God is with them, then God is with us. These are counterintuitive beatitudes. How is it that the poor in spirit can be blessed? It's a reminder that God's kingdom is for you and it's for me. And for some it comes as liberation, for some it comes as consternation, for some it is balm, for some it is challenge, but it's grace and goodness and life reminds us that my fate, my destiny, my well-being is tied up in yours. It's nothing less than the turning over of all our expectations of holiness and godliness and power and prestige. that we're called into the heart of life in all its depth and joy and fullness, in all its brokenness and darkness and despair. Words I think I need to hear as we remember the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz and the scope of our inhumanity to each other. Words that I need to hear with the sound of one of our newest blessed children expressing the spirit-given discontent that the world is not as it yet could be. She's preaching better than I am. They're important words as we pause today to remember the very real difference that your kindness, that my kindness, that my compassion and your compassion can make in the lives of those around us as we will hear from this wonderful charity that we're proud to be able to hear from in Troon Soup 
beautiful inside and out. Important words as we continue to face uncertainty as a community, as a country, as a culture. Important words as we learn and relearn and relearn to face our own brokenness and not lose hope. My, my favorite wayward, tattooed Lutheran minister rewrote the Beatitudes in a modern phrase and it got me to thinking that if you were to rewrite the Beatitudes, what would your Beatitudes say? What are the broken bits that you see in the world? What are the broken bits that are in your lives and where is it that God needs to speak a word of healing and wholeness and challenge and promise to you? But this is what she had to say. Maybe the Sermon on the Mount is all about Jesus lavishing blessings on the people around Him. It didn't seem like the world had much time for people in pain, people who work for peace instead of profit, people who exercise mercy instead of vengeance. So she says, I imagine Jesus standing among us and offering us new Beatitudes. And this was her list. It may not be yours, but it gets us to thinking. Blessed are the agnostics. Blessed are those who doubt, those who aren't sure, those who can still be surprised. Blessed are those who have nothing to offer. Blessed are the preschoolers who cut in line at communion. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for you are of heaven and God and Christ blesses you. Blessed are they for whom death is not an abstraction. Blessed are they who have buried their loved ones for their tears could fill an ocean. Blessed are they who have loved enough to know what loss looks like. Blessed are the mothers of the miscarried. Blessed are those who don't have the luxury of taking things for granted anymore. Blessed are they who can't fall apart because they have to keep it together for everybody else. Blessed are those who still aren't over it yet. Blessed are those who mourn. You are of heaven and Jesus blesses you. Blessed are those who no one else notices. Those kids who sit alone at school lunch tables. The laundry guys at the hospital. The sex workers and the night shift sweepers. Blessed are the forgotten. Blessed are the closeted. Blessed are the unemployed, the unimpressive, the underrepresented. Blessed are the teens who have to figure out new ways to hide the cuts on their arms. Blessed are the meek. You are of heaven and Jesus blesses you. Blessed are the wrongly accused, the ones who never catch a break, the ones for whom life is hard, for Jesus chose to surround Himself with people just like that. Blessed are the ones who skipped out on bail. Blessed are the foster kids and special ed kids and all the other kids who just want to feel safe and loved. And blessed are those who take and make terrible business decisions for the sake of people. Blessed are the burned out teachers and social workers and the overworked pro bono case takers. Blessed are the kind-hearted football players and the fundraising trophy wives. Blessed are the kids who step between the bullies and the weak. Blessed are they who hear that they are forgiven. And blessed is everyone who has ever forgiven me, especially when I didn't deserve it. Blessed are the merciful, for they totally get it. 
And she ends by simply saying, I imagine Jesus standing here blessing us because I believe that is our Lord's nature. This Jesus whom we follow cried at the tomb of a friend and turned the other cheek and forgave those who hung Him on a cross because He was God's beatitude. He was God's blessing to the weak in a world that only admires the strong. Now maybe you found yourself in these Beatitudes. Maybe you found yourself in the Beatitudes in Mark or the other Beatitudes in the New Testament. Maybe you need to write your own Beatitudes 